0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? I'll be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone Moore, Touchdown, Jets! Mike White! How about him? Elijah Moore! The 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play! Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. Oh, he's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked
2: again by Quinn and Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at jet one and it's time to answer some of your post-Combine mailbag questions with our friend who is at the Combine on the scene. He, of course, covers the Colts and the NFL for the Herald Bulletin and CNHI Sports in Anderson, Indiana. George Bremer. George, thanks for coming back on, man. No problem, man. Anytime. We keep this up. Your co-host on the Blue Horseshoe podcast, Ryan, is going to get mad at me. <laughs> he might at some point. You never know. It's a good thing I'm stealing away his co-host, but... That is not the case. This is probably the last time you're going to hear George on the show for a little bit. We'll see what happens at free agency and all that. You never know. And plus, George is always up for a good time, so you never know when he may pop on the show. But for now, let's answer some questions that we got in the mailbag after the combine was completed. First question comes in from Tim. He says, I know it's seeming less and less likely that Anthony Richardson would be on the board when the Jets pick at number 13. Some people had suggested the Jets should consider picking him If Richardson was there at 13, let's play that game. If Richardson is there at 13, do you think that the Jets should grab him and try to redshirt him? Also, ultimately, where do you think Richardson goes? So here's the first part of this. We have to see what happens with the pro day, and there are a couple of other things that we don't know about, off-the-field things with all these quarterbacks and all these players, quite frankly. But from the sounds of it, Richardson has no off-the-field issues. He's impressed teams in his interviews. We know what he did at the Combine. We know he's an athletic freak. What we also know is that everybody knows he's a project. He's not going to come in and play right away. He's going to sit on the bench. They're going to try and teach him the offense. They're going to have to refine his technique. Right now, he's predominantly working on his footwork. And they're hoping that with his physical gifts and the right coaching, they can turn him into an outstanding quarterback. I think it's certainly possible. If he's there at 13, it absolutely becomes a conversation. But I can't see any way that happens. I think there's a significant chance Richardson ends up going first. And here's why. George, we've talked about this. Yes, his tape is erratic. Yes, he only had one full year as a starter at Florida. But when a guy is 6'4", 245, has the arm strength that he has, has the physical tools that he has, is as quick as he is for a guy that big, is as explosive. We talked about the broad jump and all of that. Teams are going to look at his upside. And they're going to say, here's a guy that we think with our coaching staff, we can turn into one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We think we can turn him into Josh Allen or a plus size Jalen Hurts. That's what these teams are going to think. So the question is, is one of those teams willing to go up to number one with the Bears and grab Anthony Richardson, as opposed to, say, taking Bryce Young, who a lot of people have thought would go number one, but of course is much, much smaller. And you have to worry about his frame, George. We talked about this. At 5'10", he weighed in at 2'04", but as you said, most people think his playing weight was closer to 175, 180. That's a tough one, because Kyler Murray is similar in size and stature. He's thicker, though, and he's been getting hurt all the time in the second half of these seasons and wearing down, so you have to consider the durability part of this equation. For the Jets' part of this, if he does slip to 13, I think you'd really have to strongly consider it, like I said. I don't think there's any chance he makes it to 13 I think he's almost a lock for the top five and a pretty good shot to go number one because, George, you know how the league is. They're not looking at where you are today. They're looking at where you're going to be two years from now, three years from now. Even look at last year's draft. We saw Trayvon Walker go number one overall. His tape was mediocre, but they looked at his measurables, they looked at his physical tools, and they said this is a guy that with those things, if we refine his technique, if we teach him, in two to three years, he could be one of the best players in the league. And I think teams are going to look at Anthony Richardson that way because that's what they value above anything else. They value the things that can't be taught.
3: Yeah, I mean, most teams, you know, depends on which system is, but everybody wants trades, and, and everybody's going to look at Richardson and see an absolute monster. I, I find it hard to believe he'll slip past Seattle at five. We'll see. I mean, things happen every year you don't expect. I find it hard to believe he'd slip past Seattle at five. If he did for some reason – I think Carolina at nine is his absolute floor. Uh they're really set up with those basically six quarterback coaches now that Frank Reich has between himself and the the guys he brought onto that staff, uh they would be set up really well for a project like that. Uh but if he's there at thirteen, I think it's almost a no brainer for the Jets. I mean, if if he were to fall that far, um, I think you've got to at that point you've got to do it. I will be shocked though if he if he doesn't go in the top ten most likely in the top
2: five. The other thing about Anthony Richardson that you have to consider, we saw this with Justin Fields and also with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was slowly developing as a passer. And while he did, his legs offered a dangerous weapon and gave the Eagles an opportunity to make plays, even while his passing was still getting up to speed. And now we know that Jalen Hurts has turned into a pretty good NFL passer. Justin Fields, not quite there yet, but last year, as you saw, a lot of big, meaningful plays with his legs as he continues to develop as a passer. And so that's something to think about with Richardson. Even if, when he first gets in, he's not completely where you want him to be as a passer, he's somebody that can make impactful plays with his legs as he's being brought along. And that's the difference between somebody like him and somebody like Zach Wilson, because when Zach Wilson reacted adversely to pressure, he bailed from the pocket and ended up running around and either tossing the ball away throwing an interception, or getting sacked behind the line of scrimmage for a big loss. In the case of Richardson, if he's panicking in the pocket, he could turn it into a 10, 15-yard gain. So as you're bringing him along as a passer, you have to consider the fact that he would still be able to contribute in a positive way. He wouldn't just be somebody that would be in there taking the hits, taking the hits, and giving you nothing. And that is something that I think people are starting to look at and will be the next trend, is that teams are going to see these guys that can run like that and say, well, he's not exactly where we want him to be as a passer, but he'll give us positive plays while we bring him along as opposed to somebody who can't make those plays with their legs, who isn't as dynamic a runner and an athlete. And so that will give guys like Anthony Richardson a leg up going forward. Next question comes in from Fergus OB1. He asks, any quarterback at the Combine the Jets could take in the later rounds to develop, assuming Hendon Hooker, is off the board by the time they would consider him, George. I'm gonna give this one to you because you had a front row seat for the quarterbacks. Anybody that you think could be a good value in the mid to late rounds? Yeah, there's two guys that
3: stand out right away. Jay Kaner's is gonna get a lot of talk, the Fresno State quarterback. Uh, a lot of people kind of looking at him as the potential Brock Purdy of this group. Just a fighter, you know, a guy that that's kind of scrapped and got out there, earned everything he's got, um, size is not ideal that's going to keep him from going really high um you know tape is good but not great so he doesn't have those kind of traits that are going to make him go on day one but i think he's a guy that people are going to be interested in uh probably from the third round on and the other one tyson bajant uh he was playing i think at the d2 level for most of his career um just a really good arm really strong arm good ball placement uh, I think he's a guy that that's very much under the radar, could be one of those guys that sneaks into a camp, has a really big preseason, and and his name starts to get around that way. I think both of those guys would be there most likely on day three, maybe hanging around at the end of day two, uh, and I think they'll have a lot of interest.
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He asks, which tight end do you think the Jets could target to complement Jeremy Ruckert if the Jets decide to grab a tight end? Also, is Bijan Robinson that special of a prospect that the Jets should consider drafting him at number 13, pairing him with Brees Hall in the backfield, Primarily running the ball and using a bunch of screens and making the Jets that type of offense, taking a lot of the pressure off of the quarterback. As good as Bijan Robinson is, and everybody knows, I'm a Texas Longhorns fan, so I'm biased. I think he's going to be awesome. With Brees Hall already here, I don't think the Jets need to be spending the 13th pick on a running back. Go get an offensive lineman. And if you can't do that, get somebody that can rush the passer or make a play in the passing game. As far as the tight ends, Darnell Washington's interesting. I don't think Michael Mayer is going to make it to the second round. If he does, certainly the Jets should race to get the card to the podium. But Darnell Washington is somebody who, based on his physical traits, might actually rise past Mayer or at least get into that range. If he's there when the Jets pick in the second round, maybe. George, what do you think about Washington and Mayer? If somehow they slide, I don't think they're going to. But also, what about some of the other tight ends that you saw at the combine? Anybody stick out to you that might be worth grabbing? And then, of course, if you could respond to Michael's question about Bijan Robinson, you probably agree with me. I'm guessing, but I don't know. Maybe you think that a Brees Hall Bajan Robinson offense is the way to go.
3: If you want to run the wishbone, I think that'd be the way to go.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, assuming that's not the case, I think Robinson's going to be outstanding. I think he's going to be spectacular. I think he might have a Christian McCaffrey type of impact on the league, but I can't see where the Jets would be the team to to make that happen. Uh, as far as the tight ends go. Yeah, Washington Mayor, both outstanding prospects. If either one of them's there in the second round, I think you'd, you'd do that in a heartbeat. I think Kincaid's one that I would look at. Uh, yeah. Utah kid, natural pass catcher, but not going to be able to – didn't really do anything here because he's still coming back from an injury. So maybe he slides a little bit. A guy that might
2: have gone earlier in this draft if he was healthy, he's somebody I'd keep an eye on as well. George, along those same veins, the Manton 187 asks – Who are some skill position players the Jets should target in the middle rounds since the offense most needs improving this year, having been near the bottom of the league in 2022? That's a good question. We just talked about tight ends. George, anybody you like as a possible running back? Look, we know the Jets have Brees Hall, and we know that Bam Knight had a couple of nice games, but he faded down the stretch. Michael Carter had a bad year last year. We'll see if they end up bringing back Ty Johnson, but maybe they want to look for – a little Brees Hall insurance since he may not be ready to go at the very beginning of the season. And even if he is might take him a little while to get on track. Is there a running back you think maybe the Jets should look at somewhere in the mid to late rounds and anybody at receiver that you like there?
3: Yeah. I, I think Chase Brown's really interesting in the running back class. He's probably going to be there on day three, ultra productive at Illinois uh tested pretty well today. It's a really deep running back class. He's just one of those guys I would bet on. I mean, he ran in cold weather up there in the big 10 Based pretty good defensive lines like Michigan's defensive line uh, and and held up really well. So I think he's a guy you could bring in. Wouldn't really challenge Brees Hall in any way, but he'd be great insurance. Uh, I think he's somebody everybody should, should really be interested in when you get into day three. Uh, and then on the receiver side, a guy that I thought was pretty impressive. I, mean, I talked about Zay Flowers yesterday, Jackson Smith and Jigba, everybody knows them. Jordan Addison did a really good job from USC and USC receivers have been Really impressive uh, recently coming into the league. So I think he's probably more of a second-round guy, uh, but I, he just had, he's one of those guys that sort of stared through you, like he's looking into your soul uh, when he's up there on, uh, on the podium. Uh, really intense dude, good size, good speed. Uh, he's somebody I, I would have a lot of interest in in the second
2: round. Next question comes in from Gus Toon. He says – George, after watching the Combine, are there any positions that you noticed in particular that you think would be worth grabbing in a possible trade down? Because if the Jets trade down, they could get extra picks and maybe fill those positions. Do you think it's better to go that way based on the talent that you saw at the Combine? Or would you prefer quality over quantity? Do you think this is a deep draft at the different positions that the Jets are going to need to load up on?
3: I think particularly a tight end it is. I think that's one that they could absolutely trade down and, and still get a really good player. Uh, there, Daniel Jeremiah said it, in his mind, it's the deepest tight end class in a decade. So you know, I think that, that one to me really stands out. I think there's a ton of choices in there. I think that's one you don't have to rush into. There's some really good talent right at the top. So if you do decide to get it early, you can probably end up with a really elite guy that way. Uh, But I think that's one position that you can absolutely wait on and, and, you know, still get probably a starting
2: caliber guy early on day three. Next question comes in from JP Waxer. He says, which positions do you think the Jets should spend their six picks on knowing what, you know, coming out of the combine George, this is interesting because everybody knows the jets primary areas of need. They need to do something on the offensive line. They've got to fix safety. They've got to fix linebacker. But you can never have enough guys that can rush the passer. And you can never have enough guys that can make plays in the passing game either. You can also never have enough guys that can cover. So even though you may look at this and say, cornerback not a need, don't use a pick on a cornerback. Or, hey, they just used two picks last year on guys that can rush the passer. You don't need to do that. Or they just drafted Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore in back-to-back years in the first two rounds. They don't need to get a pass catcher. That's not necessarily true. And we talked about tight end. That's another one. The Jets drafted Jeremy Ruckert last year in the third round and signed two tight ends, CJ Ozama and Tyler Conklin. But that doesn't mean that they can't pick a tight end if there's one there that they think can be a real difference maker. And so I think ideally, you would love to fill those big needs, right? And those big needs, of course, are the interior offensive line, tackle, safety, and linebacker. But it doesn't mean you box yourself into that. If there are players that wind up being available that you think are much better than their draft position, or you think can be a true impact player at a position that isn't as big of a need, quarterback would be another one here. Hendon Hooker, we've talked about, maybe if he slides to the third or fourth round for the value and for having a guy that has a first round talent and being able to develop him and sit him and let him recuperate from his injury in the third or fourth round, that's something you might want to do. So you look at, say, somebody like Zay Flowers. I fully expect him to go in the first round, but let's say he dips. Or we talked about Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, guys like that. George, what do you think? There's need, there's value, there's all of that. I don't think you lock yourself into any specific positions that you grab with these picks. I think you just play the board and see what happens. But like I said, yeah, they need safety. Yeah, they need linebacker. Yeah, they need tackle and interior offensive line. But you can never have enough guys that can make plays in the passing game. You can never have enough guys that can get to the passer. And you can never have enough guys that can cover. So even cornerback, where they're very well stocked, if there's a guy that they really like and he's there in, say, the third, fourth, fifth round, you never know. You could be getting the next Tariq Woolen and you don't want to pass on somebody like that just because you don't technically need a cornerback.
3: Yeah, I, I would never force a need on on position. I just think that's where mistakes are made when you decide, you know, these six spots are what we're going to fill, and it doesn't really matter how the board falls. Uh, that that's how you get into trouble. You know, I think you just got to look out there and, and get the best players that you can. And like you said, there's certain value positions that it, it really doesn't matter what you've got there. You're never going to go wrong bringing in a really good cover corner you're never going to go wrong bringing in a really dominant edge rusher you're never going to go wrong with a great wide receiver uh you know quarterback another one of those positions you can't have too many of look at the league you know year in and year out you get into december and how many teams are trying to scrounge around because injuries have hit at a certain position those value kind of spots i think you you go there no matter what i don't think it matters uh what your depth chart looks like you go after those guys and i think in this draft you know, we just talked about tight ends being deep. The other group that I think really looks good on paper is is edge rushers. So even though, you know, in New York you took two last year, if one of those guys is by far the best guy on the board when, when you're picking, you know, day two, day three, got to go out, add that guy, and you never know how it could impact things moving forward. Um, and there's just some positions, as you mentioned, that are just too important. And if there's a guy there that's just screaming at you, you know, he's the best player available at that moment. I think it's
2: well within your best interest to go ahead and pull the trigger. As Robert Sella said, today's luxury is tomorrow's necessity. Look at a situation like cornerback. The jets have two studs there as their starters, but anything can happen. Plus DJ Reed only has two years left on his deal. You draft somebody, develop them. And maybe he eventually takes over for DJ Reed at a fraction of the price. These are things that all have to be considered. And like you said, you want to take a look at the guys who you think are going to be the best players and give you the most long-term impact. Even if those aren't positions that you need today, you very well could need them tomorrow. You never know what could happen in the NFL with how physical of a game it is. Next question comes in from Jimmy. He asks, George, I know you primarily cover the Colts, but you also cover the NFL. And I'm sure you heard plenty of whispers throughout the Combine. Anything juicy you can share? Also, what were the perceptions that you heard about the Jets at the Combine? Any whispers you heard involving them, whether it was somebody from another team? And also, as an outsider from the Jets bubble, what do you think of where the team is right now?
3: Yeah, Jets are in a really good position. I mean, that roster right now is very good. And I think that's, you know, as far as whispers that you hear, people around the league talking about how good that roster is, how deep they are. You know, is it going to be a Super Bowl run? You never know. I think making that prediction in in March is is insane for any team. All right, not Kansas City. I'll predict they can make a Super Bowl run, uh, but everybody else, you know, things have to fall your way. But I think the Jets roster is very well regarded around the league right now. Uh, they've got a lot of players at really important positions. Uh, I think they feel they could be one of those teams to reckon with in the AFC really quickly. Uh, as far as like rumors out there. Two big ones are just, you know, that the Raiders and the Panthers are just kind of going through every possible permutation to to try to figure out what they're gonna do at quarterback. Seven and nine, you know, probably too far out to really get who they want in the draft. Can you get up in a crowded top five right now, trying to, to get up high enough to get your guy? Do you need to look into a guy like Derek Carr? Do you need to look into a guy like Lamar Jackson? Um, I think those two are are really gonna be franchises to watch here in in the next couple of weeks because I don't know if desperation is the right word, uh, but they're both very motivated to bring in a quarterback, solve really long-term holes there for both franchises.
2: George Bremer, our friend who covers the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL for the Herald Bulletin and CNHI Sports in Indianapolis. Thanks so much for coming on and answering some questions post-combine. Remember, George was on the scene there. That's what I love about the fact that the combine is in Indianapolis and I hope it stays there because I know that as long as the combines in Indianapolis, I've got a reliable guy that I can ask about what's going on down there and have him on the show for daily updates. So George, I hope they keep the combine in Indianapolis. Do not move it. It's a good tradition and it's a good spot for those that want to check out everything you've written up about the combine, everything you're working on in general, not only at the Herald bulletin, but of course at the blue horseshoe podcast with Ryan, your co-host who's probably not a fan of mine at this point because he thinks that I'm stealing you away from him. How can people check out your work and how can they follow you on social media?
3: Uh, No, uh, you can always set me up on Twitter at GM Bremmer. The Blue Horseshoe Pod on YouTube and anywhere podcasts can be found. And all my work is at theheraldbulletin.com.
2: Make sure that you check out everything George is doing at the Herald Bulletin at heraldbulletin.com. And check out the Blue Horseshoe Podcast with George and Ryan. Also, make sure that you follow George on Twitter and check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome all 22 breakdowns up on our channel right now. Watch those videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. youtubecom Play Jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T E E Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. Tpublic.com, that's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital